Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Michael Joshua and I am the owner of Failsafe Fitness Limited and this is the Failsafe Fitness Podcast Season 2 Episode Number 3. Welcome along to another interesting show this week. Usual format as always folks, we're going to talk about what I've been up to and what my clients have been up to over the last seven days. We're also going to talk about a fitness tip to help you with your fitness goals, whether that be golf performance or just in daily life. We're going to talk, discuss three supplements that you can take overnight that's going to help you build some muscle and maintain some muscle. Also, we're going to talk about the timing of your golf swing as a golf tip and a little discussion of what happened at the Masters over the weekend. There are a couple of things I want to talk about in that subject and we'll get onto them a little bit later on. Again, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you listen to me over the last few weeks and few months. I hope it continues. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Tell your friends about the show. And if you've got anything you want to know, whether that be nutrition and weight management, golf performance, personal training, anything along those lines, give the show an email, failsafefitness at hotmail.com. Send your questions into there. And in the next two or three weeks, I will be doing yet another Your Questions Answered show. We're going to cut it down from five questions to the top three, or the three most interesting ones that come across my emails. So get those in, and we'll be dealing with those very, very shortly. As I say, it's season number two, episode number three. It's going to be a fun show this week. Um, Over the last seven days... I've had some new clients sign up for the golf performance, which is very exciting for me. My clients that have been with me since January, I've had a couple of re-up ready to get summer beach bod ready. So that's exciting. They're excited with the results that they've had. I'm excited for them. I've got a couple of consistent clients who have dropped now consistently a shot a month since starting with me so we're now into april and they're already three and a half to four and a half shots better than when they started the year so i think everything's going trending in the right direction for me at the minute and we'll have a little bit more news on those pricing of those sessions coming up so yeah, my week's been a long week. I did six days worth of greenkeeping and golf performance coaching this week and a couple of personal training as well. So if you add that up, that's about 15 days. No, I'm only kidding. So I haven't had a day off this week. I've worked every single day in one capacity or another. There's been a couple of long days at the golf course as a greenkeeper just trying to get stuff cut while it was drying out. So, I mean, there are some certain areas of, of the golf club that I'm at, Himley Hall Golf Centre in the West Midlands, if you do want to come and see us and play, which hopefully we will be open very, 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 very soon. 
the wind has been quite high in the UK. West Midlands has been particularly high. And just today, I'm recording this on a Monday, which is very unusual. It's normally done sort of Friday, Saturday, or even at very latest Sunday morning. But I thought with the controversies that happened at Augusta this week and the fact I'd done six days on the trot, I thought I might leave it till Monday when I knew I got another day off. So here I am. And it's been a, a tough week, long hours, a lot of hard work. Got stuck a couple of times <coughs> transporting um, the Jacobson surrounds mower to wherever it needed to be to cut stuff. So that's been an interesting week uh, on the golf course and a very long one. Clients-wise, as I say, I've had a couple of people who were coming to me anyway through January, from January right the way through to the end of end of um, March. They've re-upped for another three months, which is wonderful news. They're very happy with their results, and we're going to start pushing even harder to get them even more beach body ready for the summer. Two of my golf performance clients, uh, understandably, with Himley being shut and not being able to do on-course performance without going to a golf club I'm not really meant to be coaching on, which is something I, I don't want to do at any rate, um, have said that they'll come back as soon as the club is open, which is great, but I've replaced them with another couple of clients that have, have popped up via booking, one booked via Instagram, so that link is now available. The Instagram link will take you to the website to book your sessions, whether that be personal training, fitness and weight management, nutrition, uh, advice, or golf performance. It's all on the link in the Instagram link. And also I had one come through the website, which is even better. Thank you very much. <coughs> so... It's been, a, it's been a good week. I'm excited to start with the two new clients, uh, both coming Wednesday. So that's going to be absolutely amazing to see new people, new faces, new problems to fix and new players to help improve their scores. And it's been a, it's been a tough week. Like I say, it's been a very long week. I've only had a couple of... Uh, I had Sunday off, Easter Sunday and Bank Holiday Monday, so... I'm back at it tomorrow on Tuesday. And that's pretty much been my week. I've just been greenkeeping, coaching, or, and sleeping, basically, over the last week. But it's been fun. I enjoy it. And I'm hoping it's for a very, 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 very long summer. And I can help as many people as possible just become better golfers. Whether that be the decisions that they make, or making some fundamental changes in the way they set up to a ball, the way they hit a ball etc etc it's going to be a, a very great good year and that's been my week plain and simple so people who know the show know that the format is exercise then some nutrition then a little bit of a, a golf tip and then I'll have a little bit of a golf discussion at the end 
last week I had a bit of a rant about etiquette and I'll still keep ranting about etiquette because it kind of bleeds into the issues I've got with what happened at the Masters this week as well. But first up, before all of that, we will discuss the exercise that anyone can do as long as you've got a set of stairs in your house or a relatively low sofa or a step stool or even a, a low kitchen chair, a medium to low kitchen chair. And that exercise, and also you can do this in the gym with some boxes or some weight plates, is the simple step up. I've been struggling a little bit since about, since I went on holiday in February for a week. I came back and I did 46 holes that week. Um, thir 45 holes, sorry, and 36 of those were walking. And I found my, I've got a bit of a dodgy left knee, but I found it was my right knee that seemed to have taken the brunt of of all the walking, so I couldn't actually squat with the barbell. I couldn't squat with a lot of weight at all. And I found that the step, the simple step up, is a great way of using your own body weight to not only replace exercises that you can't do, but also to help increase the mobility. Because if that step up is slightly higher. So ideally, and I've said this for a while, and a few people will probably disagree with me in, in the industry, but I think step-ups, when you first start them, shouldn't be set at a ridiculous height like 18, 20, 24, you know, 30 inches. So stepping up that high is just can be a stress on the, on the system, on the joints, on the ligaments, etc., etc., so what I tend to do as a personal trainer and a responsible personal trainer is I recommend that that knee, when it is on the weight plate or on the step-up box, should be at 90 degrees. So the knee is at a 90-degree 90, 90 angle, and it shouldn't be a little bit either way, but ideally it should be roughly about 90 degrees, 90 degrees, you know, 85 to 95 degrees, I'll take it. And when you step up, single leg step ups, you step up, put the other foot on, and then step down with the same leg. And you can do that on a set of stairs, you can do that on a step stool, you can do it on, you know, your sofa, a kitchen chair, etc, <coughs> etc, et excuse me. And what I've found with some of the, the people that I've been working with over the last few months is that I've replaced barbell squatting with step-ups. And they've actually been able to increase their strength in their legs. They've been able to increase their range of motion in their hips because they're making that muscle stronger. We're stretching off after the session. And then when, when we feel that we're, we're doing okay, I up it by about, about two inches from where they're at and that extra two inches is helping them give them more mobility in their hips and their knees and their ankles and more strength in those positions to pull their body. A couple of clients mentioned that they don't feel 
as tired running up and down stairs all day if they're you know one of them's a nurse you know they're running up and down stairs all day they don't feel as much fatigue in their 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 hips and their knees as they did before which is you know a great benefit of doing these step ups starting at 90-90 and then building it to a bigger range rather than starting at a bigger range and forcing a a change unnaturally so you're not building a strength in a position and then then increasing that angle you're just starting at that that increased angle and causing a a more of a response than need be <coughs> so yeah if you're struggling to to add weight to your barbell or your knees just don't feel like they're going to take it then add step ups in start at 9090 do you know three sets of 10 15 maybe even three sets of 20 if, if, if your legs are quite strong to replace the squats and believe me just the, the movement through single legs step ups will force a, a dramatic change in the way you think about you're going to load your body if you're struggling to get into a position with a barbell or just struggling to add weight with anything whether that be kettlebell or dumbbells and you get a bit of, bit of pain you can start with these single leg step ups which is going to make you move your body weight better let alone adding more weight to the the problem so yeah i mean i i think step ups are, are a great replacement for anyone who and a great start for anyone who's had an injury or who's just getting into training they don't need any equipment you can just go and do it on a set of stairs a chair etc etc so add step ups into your program over the next couple of weeks uh, maybe the next month instead of a squat or or what have you and let me know how you get on into your nutrition tip of the week then now this is um i've mentioned on the show a few times before about supplements and ideally wholeheartedly believe that you can get everything you need through the correct diet and nutrition <coughs> not always not always there are some things that at one point or another may always may be a little bit lacking but it's a it's a constant thing that keeps coming up through the emails again and again and again so i've picked these three i'll probably do three more next week rather than doing six now but these will are three supplements that you can actually take before you go to bed you know downing pills and powders is is a a great shortcut to making up deficits in your diet I don't recommend this for an extended period of time but just to get you going before you get your nutrition side of your life sorted these are three things that I reckon can make a big difference in your training and your health so the first one is honey we all know that little magical bee goes round and collects that wonderfully gooey and beautiful honey why do you think Pooh Bear looks so happy all the time he loves his honey so a little bit of honey maybe a, a couple of 
teaspoons, maybe a tablespoon at max, in some hot water. Not boiling hot, but a little bit of hot water, just to give it a nice big stir. That is going to help provide your brain with some glucose, so none is stolen out of your brain while you're asleep, because we all know the brain tends to steal amino acids while you're asleep from parts of your body uh, and those amino acids are used to keep the brain keep the brain alive so adding some extra glucose into your system with some honey will help keep you you know topped up with enough sugars to see you through the night so a couple of teaspoons one tablespoon of honey in some hot water drink that before you go to bed do that for you know couple of weeks see how you get on see how you feel when you wake up the next morning obviously if you're diabetic be very very careful and I probably wouldn't recommend it number two is something that I have done and I do tend to do this particularly when it's coming sort of September that Septemberish time beginning of October I tend to do it about then so this is um a supplement that helps promote sleep and it's a supplement that contains something that you don't tend to get a lot of in your diet unless you eat your vegan um, and that is ZMA so zinc magnesium those combination of those two especially zinc they are great little micronutrients that help the body relax they help boost testosterone and they'll help you sleep so I tend to get a pack they're normally around anywhere between seven pounds and fifteen pounds anything up to about thirty pounds about a pound a pill depending on the strength etc etc but taking two of these about 30 minutes before you go to sleep will give your muscles a boost while you're asleep um, and they'll also help regulate your sleep and obviously you know zinc and magnesium are, are great nutrients to help your body repair itself whilst you're asleep third and final one is L-tryptophan now this you can get for Again, anywhere around six or seven pounds to anything to around 15, 20, 30 pounds for <clears throat> 20 to, to 60 pills. You know, tryptophan helps with the neurotransmitters in your brain. Uh, so when you wake up, you'll be ready to hit the gym. And it also beats drinking Gatorade before you go to the gym first thing on the morning just to get get yourself going. But tryptophan is going to help you, help those neurotransmitters fire. And it also helps you relax. So very similar to sort of ZMA, the L-tryptophan, which if you like turkey, having a turkey sandwich before you go to bed. We discussed this in a previous show about uh, late night snacking. If you have a bit of tryptophan before you go to bed, it can help you relax and give you a boost first thing on a morning. 
So three supplements you might want to consider then this week is simplest one is jar of honey, preferably you know sugar-free, etc. All natural honey. Pop that a uh, couple of teaspoons or a tablespoon into some hot water and drink that before you go to bed. You've got some ZMA tablets, which are also going to help you sleep and recover. And also some tryptophan, which is going to help you do the same thing. Help you recover and help you sleep and help keep those neurotransmitters in your brain firing and ready for when you need them. And as I say, these are not absolutely, you know, necessary supplements to take. They're just recommended supplements to take. Just try them, see how you go. Get 30 days supply and see where you're at. See how you feel. Because it's going to take a, a week or so for, especially for the ZMA to kick in. It needs to be in your system and readily available. So when you're, when you're ready to go to sleep, that will then kick in. And that's your uh, supplement or nutrition tip of the week. Moving on then to something that I found with a lot of my golf clients. And this is the golf tip, by the way. It's just working on the timing of your swing. So I see... I mean, a lot of people have got, everyone's different. There's no, there are no two golfers that are exactly the same. I mean, if, if you lined a billion golfers up, you may find the odd couple that look and feel exactly the same, but their launch and spin numbers will probably be different. And looking at a fair few golf swings over the last three three months or so, is that what a lot of people tend to struggle with is the timing of the golf swing. So, you know, some people are throwing the club head at the ball. Some people are throwing the club head through the ball. You know, some are just hacking at it. Some are, you know, thinning and slicing and hooking. And no one is the same. And something that... I've tried to explain to all of my clients, especially ones that have been struggling to hit longer irons. Longer irons, hybrids, fairway woods, and drivers. You know, drivers these days, are, are, are anything you know north of 45 up to 46 inches long, are massive. You know, 46 inches, that's, that's you know, an absolutely huge... You're two inches shy of four feet. And swinging something nearly four feet is hard. To keep hitting the same spot, hitting that little golf ball out the center of it for repeatability is damn hard. It's like someone giving you a sledgehammer that's not two, you know, two and a half feet long, but it's six feet long. And expecting you to hit the same spot on a door every single time with a six-foot sledgehammer. It's almost impossible to do. Unless you've got extreme talent and coordination. And one thing which is most important is timing. 
And I found by just slowing some people down and speeding them up from certain areas in their swing. Because a lot of people, you know, timing and tempo, timing and tempo, they're, they're, they're not one of the same thing, but they have this symbiotic relationship. So if you're snatching the club head away from the ball really quickly, which don't get me wrong, if you listen to some of the, the big long drive guys and girls out there, that extra bit of speed and whip away from the ball can help you load back into that side. But the thing that it doesn't help someone, Bob, who's 58, who's been playing golf for 30 years, he's not going to have the ability to snatch the, the club away from him and then deliver it where he wants to on a consistent basis because he just doesn't have the, the musculature or the, the you know, ability to do that. So by getting someone to take a reasonably slower backswing and then delivering the speed from their backswing through the ball is something that I've I'm trying to get myself to do more of. And I found with the longer irons, if you deliver the speed at the right time, you can then, you then tend to find the middle of the club face better. So to everybody out there, to improve a little timing tip and tempo tip is with your longest iron in the bag, and maybe with your three wood, your, your, your fairway wood, if you've got one, or your longest hybrid in the bag, take those to the driving range. And next time you're on the driving range, I want you to do, just put three, three balls each aside. So in terms of tempo and timing, what I want you to do is, say three balls. I want you to put, actually, actually I want you to put um, nine balls aside for each of those clubs if you've got three clubs so longest iron longest hybrid and your fairway metal so those three clubs i want you to hit three shots in three different ways and these are the three different ways and it's something i do with all of my clients at one point or another i want you to try and as quickly as you can into your backswing. I want you to snatch that club away as fast as you can and try and maintain that tempo and see what happens. So obviously you're gonna hit, you're gonna really whip it away and then as fast as you can whip it through the ball. So those are the first three. The second three, I then want you to just try and hit your normal shot. And take note of how different either strike location, you know, direction and distance. Take note of those three things on the snatch away, on your normal swing. And then the, the final three, what I want you to do is a little bit of a mixture of both. I want you to slow your backswing down slightly. So your normal backswing, I want you to just take it away ever so slightly. And then, not from the top, but just as you start to come down, almost as the club is the club is parallel again to the floor. So about about halfway down your swing from there. So a little imagine a little half swing arc. So your your left, if you're a right-handed golfer, your left arm is horizontal to the ground. Is parallel to the ground rather, 
and then you from there right the way through to parallel to the other side what I want you to do is deliver the speed there I don't want you to throw the club head from the top I want you to come slowly from the top and then build the speed so I want you to start your bad downswing and then build the speed through the ball so we're not snatching the club away we're taking a slower approach away we're delivering hopefully more speed through the ball which again distance direction and strike take three balls with each so super fast away super fast through the ball three normal swings and then the slow takeaway with the progressive speed through your backswing from your downswing through the ball and take note and see if there's a difference if i mean there should be a distance difference direction maybe maybe not but it's a little drill that I get my clients to do and sometimes we find out that they're better off with a slower backswing and delivering the power through the ball a little bit more conservatively from the top and then just whack just really build it from halfway in their in their downswing build it through and they increase distance they increase launch they increase spin then they increase accuracy so timing and tempo do that drill and see how you get on with your longer irons and it seems to have fixed a lot of my clients and talking of clients promotion time again this year so as you know Golf performance is something that I do a lot of, and it's something that I've built into the business this year. And from the 1st of May, all the way through May, I am gonna bring back the three for two. So if you are a customer or a client currently, three for two is on the cards for you throughout May if you are not a client at the minute you can get in touch and all sessions golf performance are going to be three for two at Himley Hall Golf Club come the first of May so first of May to the 31st of May is going to be a month-long promotion to celebrate the golf performance coaching coming to Himley Hall Golf Club. If you do want to get in touch and you do want to book those sessions, please website, link on Instagram, ring me, email me, we can book you in. We will take the prepayment on your first session for the three for two. And all the way through May that will be available and you will get three months so you'll if you have book a three for two you have may june and till the end of july in fact we'll say till the first of august to use your sessions you can book a maximum total of three three for twos so that is six sessions for that's you pay for six sessions and you actually get nine so six for nine three for two is your limits 
prepaid, pre-booked, all terms and conditions are on the website, all terms and conditions are given to you in the products descriptions, and that is on your golf coaching and your personal training from the 1st of May right the way through to the 1st of August, and they will be able to be taken all the way through till the end of September. So get those booked. Space is already starting to fill up. So yeah, if you do want to join me, please take me up on that offer beginning in May. We'll take pre-orders and pre-bookings right now if you do want to get in touch. Finally then, my thoughts on the golf. <coughs> so the Masters, I discussed last week about the likes of Gary Player and Jack Nicholas putting it at the bottom of their uh, majors list. And it is a spectacle. It's a, it's a special course. It's a beautiful course. They spend a lot of money. It's a very elitist golf club. And I think personal opinion there's far too much elitism in golf which has made a lot of people not want to either continue playing it or stick with playing it because they tend to go to a stuffy shirt golf club and get made to feel like they're they shouldn't be playing the sport and unfortunately that is still happening everywhere you go today Luckily, I found a golf club that is very down to earth. They don't mind. They've got they've got a few rules, but that you know we have to have a a small dress code, not a massive one. You know we don't want to have people wearing football boots walking around the golf course because they'll just ruin it, etc., etc. But the stuffy shirtedness is not there. It's just a very friendly, welcoming golf club, as are many golf clubs throughout the country and throughout the world. But during the Masters, there were some rules controversies. And these are coming back to the etiquette kind of things that I was discussing last week. And the two biggest ones being Colin Morikawa and Brooks Kepka. And these are things that I want you, everybody to take on board and think about next time they're on the golf course and either playing in a friendly or playing with their mates it's just making sure that you obey the rules and the first one I think was Brooks Kepka on the I think it was Thursday I think it was Thursday or Friday I think it was Thursday he, both his caddy and Brooks were seen mouthing five iron now, we don't know whether his playing partner asked him what he played or he was just offering that information up. But the rule, as it states, is when you're playing in a tournament, whether that be Stableford, Stroke Play, Texas Scramble, whatever, but there's a prize on offer and it's a tournament. Most clubs, and I think every club, will stick to these rules. And... If you're playing partner, like if you're playing a Texas scramble between your partners, I think he's fine because you're on the same team. I'm, I mean, I had a five iron from here, if it, especially if us were a nine hole golf course. So odds and evens and that swaps around on the back nine. 
you're going to know that your playing partner hit a five iron into eight when you might only hit a, you know, a six iron or a seven iron. So that's, you know, you're a team, so it doesn't really matter. You can discuss that. But what you cannot do is ask the opposing team or the opposing player, what did you hit? You're not allowed to ask what did you hit or what club did you hit into that sh for that shot. You're not allowed to do that. That is a breach of the rules and you can be penalised or even disqualified. So make sure you check up on that rule. Do not offer that information because again, you've given that up willingly and freely and you shouldn't have done and the second one was Morikawa. And I get it. I mean, the first one, I think we've all done it. Oh, you're hitting a five iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hitting an eight iron into this par three, whatever, whatever. We've, I think we've all stood there and done it at some point. Knowingly or not, we've all gone and done that. So just be aware of it. But the Colin Morikawa one was very, very strange. Because... You could see his ball marker about an inch or two away from his golf ball and he's moving his golf ball. So instead of just putting the marker under his ball and picking his ball up, he's actually put the marker on his marker is close to the ball and about two inches away he's moving his ball. And I don't I don't know. As far as I'm aware, you should just place the coin behind your ball, pick your ball up, done. I don't even think it needs to be behind your ball. I think the the rule states just mark your ball and pick it up. It doesn't have to. It doesn't matter whether it's in front, behind, side. Doesn't matter as long as you replace your ball in the same place it came from, which is genuinely either in front of or behind the golf ball. And you pick your ball up and you replace the ball in the same place. Not a problem. But Colin was moving his ball two, three, four inches, putting it back, and then he marked his ball and picked it up, which didn't make any damn sense. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't think anything was done about that, as far as I'm aware, as far as I can remember. I don't think he was penalised any shots, as far as I can remember. But it's, it's a weird, strange thing to do, and I'm pretty sure that if you did that in a match play or a stroke play competition... At some clubs out there, and someone who was going around with you questioned it, you would probably be expecting a punishment of some sort, whether it be a shot or potential disqualification. Because I don't think that was right. So yeah, all comes down to rules. Knowing that when you mark your ball, just put your marker down either in front, behind, or either side of your ball. As long as you mark your ball and pick it up and replace the ball in the same place. Uh, we saw, I think it was Lexi Thompson do this. She marked her ball and then put the ball an inch or two away from her ball marker. I think that happened a couple of times earlier in the year. <clears throat> and Collins was a, was a very weird one. I didn't get it. It was very strange. I, I didn't understand what he was doing. <clears throat> so just be aware, marking a golf ball... I always, as rule of thumb, the ball is always in between my ball marker and the flagstick. Just makes sense to me. And then I put my ball back in front of my ball marker in between them.
And the Kepka one, if anybody does ask you what club you've hit, as long as you're not in a competition, give that information. If you're playing in a, in a competition, whether that be stroke play, Stableford, Texas Scramble, or Scramble of any sort, then don't give that information because it could get you and your group or team disqualified or penalised with some shots. And that's pretty much it for me this week. So it's just over 40 minutes. They're getting a little longer. So I've got a little bit more to say on the subject in terms of golf. So a little recap of the show. Go and get some step-ups done. So whether that be on stairs, a step-up box, your sofa, your kitchen chair. Make sure you start at 90-90. So the knee, you basically you can put a cup of tea on the top of your thigh. Is the way I'd explain it to most of my clients. If you balance a book or a cup of tea on the top of your thigh without spilling it, it's perfect height to start from. Do anywhere between 10 and 20 reps per leg, two or three times, and then just up that by an inch or so. Add a book on top of your chair every couple of weeks, and it's going to help build some strength and some mobility in the tendons in your hips and your knees and your ankles it's going to help all of that and build range of motion three supplements you can take before you go to bed i'll do three more next week as well so honey and water is going to help you with some glucose to keep you going some zma is going to help you recover and boost some testosterone and help you sleep and some l-tryptophan is also going to help you sweet sleep and keep those neurotransmitters wired on, ready for you to go to the gym the next morning. Little drill to do as well for your timing of your golf swing. Timing and tempo are two key elements to a golf swing to make it work. So keep nine balls. A couple of clubs, whether that be your fairway wood and your longest iron, preferably. Those are the ones that are most notorious to hit off the deck. Hit three normal shots. Take a note of the distance, direction, and where you hit them on the club face. Hit three shots where you're absolutely ripping that club away from the ball and then through the ball. Try and keep that builder speed from backswing right the way through the golf ball. And then I... Again, take a note of distance, direction, and where you strike it. And then what I want you to do is slow down that backswing slightly from your standard backswing. So steady away, and then build the speed through the ball, which is a mixture of the two. So instead of snatching it away, but you're building that speed through the ball. And again, distance, direction, and strike location. Work on that drill with your longest irons and your fairway metals and you'll soon be striping them off the deck as well as you do off the tee. Promotion coming 1st of May to the 31st of May, 3 for 2, 9 for 6, Himley Hall Golf Centre. Get online and book it, pre-book it now. You'll get three months to use your nine sessions if you do book the nine. They're all pre-purchasable up front, starting from just £15 if you're a senior or an NUS or NHS worker. 
<coughs> or fire rescue or army and of course you will save some money and will hopefully get you a better handicap and a better swing and of course know your rules don't be giving out information to your playing partners they shouldn't be asking for one and when you mark your golf ball do the simple thing and keep the ball marker behind your ball keep the ball in behind the ball marker in front of the ball marker and keep that ball in in between the ball marker and the flag that's simple it's the easiest way to remember where you've marked your ball and just replace it where you put it don't be picking it up or kicking it round because that's going to cost you some shots eventually i hope you have enjoyed the show it's been 45 minutes of fun come back to me next week don't forget as well if any questions email at failsafefitness at hotmail.com let me know what you think of the show like subscribe share and any questions give us a call give us a shout give us an email and we'll do our best to answer them it's been a good show we'll speak to you again next week i'll have the other three supplements that you can take to help you with your nutrition we'll have a new exercise for you to go and try out in the gym or at home we'll have a new tip to help you improve your golf and we'll discuss whatever happens in the world of golf this week so have a fantastic week we'll see you again next monday my name is michael it's been a pleasure see you later <laughs>